0: This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes! It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94, WIP. Yo!
1: doing bits by making it the same thing as they did last year and fritzy we said we weren't gonna yell we said we're just gonna clap and then spencer freaking strider came to town and now i'm losing my voice again just like last year i'm just praying i love the bit thing fritzy i can't do the ankle again okay like i i i can't do it <laughs> that, that bit has to stay in last year how you doing pal well what if they're down 2 one yeah,
2: and, and we oh we
1: need a, the reverse oh we need, god we
2: need a win. Do we sacrifice your ankle? Like, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll hire some people. I mean, you know. Yeah, get, you're
1: right. I mean, whatever it takes, right? Whatever, whatever. Takes, <laughs> to break Seltzer's ankle. Well, yeah. I'm I'm for, happy for I'm, ha- I'm happy we started here because uh, look, and we obviously we're gonna preview the Diamondback series. We're gonna talk. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, well, that, that's the thing. That's kind of where I was going. I think we're gonna preview the Diamondback series. We've done a lot of, um, you know, talking on the radio, and that is awesome, and it's cool to, to do these post game pods, and and that's what's going to keep coming your way. But, you know, we haven't really gotten to, you know, classic high hopes it up that much, buddy. You know, so, you know, who knows if we'll get to the Diamondbacks if it's high hopes. You know,
2: well, I guess because classic high hopes is uh, mostly misery and talking yourself into a bad (laughs) baseball team, and now that they're good. I don't know if anyone really truly knows how to handle it. So yeah, so so Seltzer and I, obviously, have been doing a lot of uh, post game reaction. Uh, I don't. There's gonna be no phone callers on this one. So, <laughs> so you're just getting, you're just getting us. Classic, and, uh, a
1: classic high hopes spot. How about I, it? I know. Uh,
2: listen, I'm excited to just do a, a good old fashioned, old school, uh, nerding out about the dumbest thing. Cause like on the radio, I mean, you know me. Of course, I'm like kind of censoring myself. I could go into more Jack brain. Oh, we know, buddy. This podcast, we We know, get right back into it, buddy.
1: Yeah. Well, so Jack knows this. You don't, uh, lovely listeners, who are our favorite people, and who we, the reason we love to do this podcast in the first place. I have, uh, I've been out of control with my notes uh, for this pod. Like I've got so many, so many things to talk about. I came to the studio early so we could record it. Like I'm freaking ready to roll and. So that's kind of where I wanted to start. I want to start with like the high hopes thing, Jack, because I feel like the most important topic that we could start with right now, you know, and we'll get to a lot of things. Again, I've got really far too many notes for this pod, but I think the most important thing, I think we need to keep to our ethos and I need to ask an important question to start off the podcast. Yes. A lot of love for Bryce Harper and well-deserved. I mean, the guy is... uh, Unbelievably special. And, and I got a lot to say about Bryce Harper in this pod uh, about uh, his comments, about things he said, about how great he's been. And, you know, more than anything, I mean, like the dude has a 368 batting average this postseason, a 354 career average as a Philly in the playoffs, a 768 career slugging percentage in the, with the Phillies in the playoffs. I mean, the guy has just been everything and more. But here's my question obviously, Harper's been better, okay? but I'm not talking better. What I want to know is who has gone more above what you expect of them this playoff run? And we could go last playoff run too, but let's stick to this one. So to start the pod, important question for today, Jack. Who is having a better postseason? Playoff Harper or playoff Celts showing up nonstop this playoffs in the studio right now, getting one hour of sleep a night, bringing it uh, like I said, I have 18 different random notes and bits and things that I want to get into in addition to just the normal stuff. I, like, I feel like I'm bringing it. Like, kinda like Harper, Jack. That's where I'm feeling right now.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, for a long time, he was fraudulently named Big Game James Shields because he really wasn't <laughs> Big Game James. I think it, I think it's time to to rename that. I Thank think it's, you. it's time to rename Thank that. You. Yeah, like honestly, and uh, I, I hope this isn't, um, you know, uh, I hope this isn't, like, uh, hurtful anyway. But I am shocked. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> like I am shocked at the, at the amount of commitment to, to the podcast. Which You're always committed. <laughs> but you're going above and beyond, which is not something I always expected, <laughs> given, the, given your, your your new schedule. And, uh, you know, given that, you know, usually it's me saying, hey, we should record. It, it, like,
1: it is you. You are the heart and soul of the pod and always have and always will be.
2: Yeah. So, um but overall, yes, I, I am very happy for you and proud of you, and I think the listeners appreciate you as well. Now, I thought you were going to lead us into a discussion on how awesome Nick Castellanos is. <laughs> I, like, for as much as I've thought about what Bryce is doing in the postseason, oh, no. and, and for as much as like Trey also like batted 500 in the in the yeah NLCS first event. guy
1: with four hits in again in the history of the Phillies. Somehow, no one has ever had four hits in a playoff game. No big deal.
2: Yeah, and, and Gail put out the uh, the harrowing uh, stat that you know <laughs> they went 62 years between playoff wins at one point as a franchise. <laughs> now, obviously, the, the the wild card and all that is is a total game changes. Yes, of course, for everything. So, like, it's obviously not the same scenario. It's just imagine going 62 years without a, it's. It's so hard to fathom in this in this. Current generation of of sports, but like Nick Castellanos, I think has developed into not only like he. I feel like he's almost the the heartbeat of the team in a way. It's like for I think Schwarber was the guy because I've been thinking a lot about like the makeup of the team right now. I think Schwarber is the calm down we're fine guy, but the like it's time to win guys are Harper and Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Like, I, feel, I feel like those guys like the, like the team turns to those two. And like the way is talking in the post game, and, and the way that he's just so deadpanned all the time, it's it's so freaking funny watching Nick Castellanos right now. And he's also unbelievable at the plate. Like it's so much different than last. Like they got they got prime, 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 prime Castellanos at the single most important time, just adding like the 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 ceiling of this team. Like last year, Castellanos automatic out. Like. A lot of these guys last year just weren't ready for that stage. And this year, they're all just thriving on it.
1: Yeah, and, like, I, I love that you brought up the Harper and was thing. One of my many things in my many notes that I have is is to talk about that Alex Coffee piece that came out about them playing together on Team USA and teenagers as teenagers and how, like, they talk to each other about being a Jeter A-Rod and we could pick a better combo, guys. I would but, like, like that, yeah. Yes, but, like, they talked about, like, they talked about as kids being together and doing what they're doing now. Like it is, it is such a uh, like it's magical, man. It feels, it feels like uh, you know. We always do that, you know. Me, like anyone who listens to this pod. If you're new to the pod, welcome. You know, hopefully some new people tuning in for a big run. Uh, we will do no gatekeeping, right, Jack? We're we're mm-hmm. welcoming everyone. Uh, we'll that's never right. Do that. But never um, ever. If you if you don't know me, I'm very big on a. Uh, being a sap when it comes to sports, I love like to do the whole. This is why we love sports, and this is why we love sports. Jack, like seeing two kids who played on Team USA together when they were in their teens, you talk about someday getting to do this in the majors together, and they're doing it. To the dudes, they had seven homers in the freaking NLCS together. These two guys, and 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 to your point, in terms of just like like a quote, you know, if we say, "Oh, what a great quote that guy is." I legitimately think Nick Castellanos might be the best quote in Philadelphia sports history. Like, no one more consistently either says the right awesome thing or the freaking hilarious thing or whatever. Like, he's like, Jack, honestly, it feels like Nick Castellanos over this second run here and, you know, the season he had, but really the— you know, honestly, it feels like from the moment he was on the top staff waving the towel during the Turner ovations, like since that moment on, like Nick Castellanos has become a folk hero in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. So um, while you're talking there about I'll get to more Castellanos in a second. But um, when you're talking there about, you know, former Team USA teammates, and eventually wanting to play together. I couldn't help but think about Aiden Miller, of course. Oh and, I'm shy. There we ha-
1: go. What? see, we are we are so back. We this like, is we're, we're we're in rare form right now.
2: So I look for I hope that Aiden Miller and Walker Jenkins were talking uh, in the last year and a half about how they hope to play one day together, and that Walker Jenkins, once the twins don't want to pay him, uh, enjoys coming to Philadelphia and replacing uh, whoever we have out there. Maybe Brandon Marsh. I think that's like the the appropriate
1: uh, time timing uh, like should the work natural. there, yeah.
2: It seems like a natural segue into the 2020. Uh, it's probably the 2030 Phillies, but listen, we're always two steps ahead. So, um, <laughs> but yes, like, and, and what Castellanos doesn't get enough credit for is is the role he's played in in turning around Alec Boehm's career here too. I mean, he was one of the like obviously Schwarber was there. Um, uh, some of the older players like Kyle Gibson were there when he said, "I believe in hate this place," whatever. But Nick Castellanos is the only one who was also like a poor defensive third baseman that uh, came up on a team that had a bunch of high expectations. Those, those 2014, 2015 um, Tigers teams that, that struggled. And for as much as like those guys are out there talking about it, I feel like Castellanos is like a one-on-one guy. And for the amount that I think he helped Alec Baum, like he has been, he has been, we've talked about this a million times on this podcast, but the, Castellanos as the leader, the quiet leader behind the scenes and and kind of the stoic, like this this unflappable, like tough guy. That's kind of because this team is this team loves to party. You know, this team loves to have a good time, but always having that guy behind them that is is grounded and keeping his eye on the prize. Like Bryce is that way. A hundred percent. But Bryce is also Bryce Harper. You know, like there has to be someone else that also is, is as locked in. And 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 that's been Castellanos. Like that's totally been Castellanos from the standpoint of like there's guys in the team. Like don't get ahead of yourself. We're here to win. There's there's only one goal this year. And that's honestly you talk about the makeup of the team and we've talked about other teams like the the Mets, the Padres, who've also essentially been bought, they're not able to sustain winning because they don't have a good culture and they don't have a good clubhouse. Well the Phillies bought their players. That's true. But they also found the right guys. And that's been the biggest difference between this Phillies team and those other teams that have been trying to be bought. And And Castellanos is a very, very important part
1: of it. Totally. Uh, it's that Jeff Hoffman quote. That Jeff Hoffman quote that came out this week um, was basically, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but he was basically like, the key to this team is the superstars are 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 one of us. Like, we're all together. It doesn't feel like the superstars are superstars. It feels like they're just just like us and they go out and they play hard and they party with us the same and no one's above anyone and and you've heard that mentality from a lot of people. Johan Rojas said that in his quote after the game too like it feels like, you know, in a lot of teams and I think the Padres a perfect example if you read some of those pieces that have come out about that that clubhouse and you know all the stuff going on that it seems like, you know, Manny Machado wants to be treated like a superstar. Manny Machado wants to everyone to know that he's the the boss of the the clubhouse and all that type of stuff. And it clearly led to a disastrous culture and a, and a super disappointing team. And it seems like it's the, the complete opposite here. And, and it seems, to your point, Jack, that that is such a key to why the culture is so great here, is that these guys at the top are the ones for the culture setters. And it's what we've always talked about wanting and what we always talk about and believing. And then for Casty, to your point you're talking about, Nick, it's not just... That Nick says the right thing, and 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 look with the bone thing. I remember when that happened, it being like Castellanos who was like fully credited. I remember them being like Nick Castellanos said to him, "Own it." Like I remember that. So you know, not just from that side though, and obviously the. Saying the right things, that you know, we thrive when we get punched in the face. We're gonna use this motivation, you know. That stuff was perfect.
2: Well, I said these are the that game two was the perfect way to lose because I saw them celebrate.
1: Exactly. Like, and, 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 and look, that story. was another one when when they beat the Braves. That picture of Castiano standing on the top step, looking at the congratulations, and NL East champs thing. Or you know, what I mean, that was like. That that filters out because it's like, oh yeah, look at that. That dude did take that as motivation. But here's the thing, Jack, that makes it. By the way, sp-
2: we can agree. We can agree that that was uh, strategically done. Clearly,
1: right. uh, but props to to the organization, to Middleton, to Dabrowski. You ever thought of that? Like, oh. clearly, we were wrong in the moment. We were like, why would you congratulate the Braves? Because you were playing forty chess. Great job. Thank you yep, for being checkers. awesome. Or
2: chess, not but,
1: but here's the thing about Castellanos that makes it so impressive, Jack. Is it's it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to stand up and be like, we gotta fight back or we got we can't let this, you know, beat us or whatever. It's another thing to be the dude who on back to back nights, when you're down one nothing and that building starts to get it all tense, is the guy who hits the home run and settles it down. Like there's one thing to speak that way, then when you can speak that way and be that vocal leader and then go back it the hell up on the field, like that's when it gets to, to that next level. You know what I'm talking about, Jack?
2: Yeah. And I, I, I do wonder I wonder if Rod Thompson's going to have the urge to put him back at four. Uh,
1: dude, so I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, he's he's the best hitter on the team right now. Like, You know, it's like, do you move him up? But I feel like he's been so comfortable now. I, like, I would leave him where he is.
2: Me too. Because he does that. Add, he adds really nice. Obviously, I mean, when you hit back to back to games with two home runs, you add a nice thump to the bottom of the lineup. Um, but having that down there, I think, is is also important. And, you know, Baum had a bad series. Yeah, He hasn't had like a great playoffs. He was pretty good in the Marlins series. But overall, like I just I never get too out on Baum because I think he's such a natural hitter that he'll be right back where we need him to be at. Uh, going forward, and like Schwarber, same kind of thing. Like Schwarber is such a again, he didn't do anything last year until the NLCS. So um, yeah, but but the, I do wonder if he's going to put him at 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 four again. But I'm with you. Like I'd rather just leave him where he's obviously picking up a team and and adding that little bit of extra thump down there to where pitchers just can't relax.
1: Yeah, I, I and again, like why mess with a good thing? You know, it's working. And and with Cassianos, like for whatever it's worth and and it's small sample sizes for the most part and all that but if you look at you know his numbers hitting in different spots of the lineup this year like his numbers in the 6 7 and 8 hole are like drastically better than the 4 5 hole like I don't know why like it is what it is but like there's something about him lower in the lineup this year maybe it's maybe it's motivation who the hell knows maybe when he looks at the lineup card and he sees himself in the 6 slot or the 7 slot he gets a little extra juice I don't know what it is but there's been something about this guy in those spots, and and uh, to your point, I think it really sets the lineup up nicely because you have the pop at the top, and then you get those guys like Boehm and Stott or or JT, or whatever it is, who have some pop. But can also get on base and can get some hits for you. And then you and then you get back to the potential for Castellanos to to you know bring some pop back at the other spot a little bit lower in line. I'm hundred percent with you, dude. I, I would definitely keep him where he is. Like, don't mess with a good thing, man. By the way, uh, along the lines of Casty and. Um, I was watching highlights of Game Four because, I, the, first of all, you need to when you're at the games, you know, for our for our job and all that, like to go back and watch the games just because there are strike calls you can't see as well and all that type of stuff. But like, there is nothing cooler than than watching this crowd on TV. Like being there is the coolest thing I've ever experienced. It's it's surreal to see it on TV because it's it's. So impressive! It's it's like when I'm there, it feels like the the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. When I'm on TV, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen on TV. So so that's freaking awesome. But the Casty like curtain uh, triple curtain call after the second homer gets the curtain call in the dugout, gets another one after the boom hit, then coming out to right field with the arms in the air, Jack. That was just um, that was a, a a really awesome one. A really awesome one.
2: Well, I just I, I couldn't get over that. I mean, he absolutely like hundred miles an hour just turned around and like that was a combination of the like the highest ball I think I've seen off a right-handed bat and like one of the furthest. I mean, the ball was just when he when he connects and he like is, is like is fully on time and everything. It is one of the prettiest right-handed swings in all of baseball. I mean, it is just it is a beautiful swing and what I appreciated is that Sean Murphy had the exact same reaction to the Casanos home run as he had to the Reese Bat home run. Like he had the same like <laughs> like hands in the air, yep. damn it, kind of, uh, yep. kind of reaction to both. So wait, was Sean Murphy on the Braves last year?
1: Uh, Sean Murphy was not on the Braves
2: last okay, year. Okay, well, the catcher the same reaction in back-to-back. would have been
1: Darno so. probably
2: and i was like wow that's like it's it's so uh it, it's such poet uh you know uh poetic right there but yeah he's just i, I do the same thing so i i go back and, and look at the highlights and it just sounds so
1: loud on TV, unlike like, anything I've ever heard. Jack, I, we can say it when we're there. You get like I have never. I I was when we do the thing. I'm like, oh, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of baseball games. I've never felt anything like that. We've watched thousands upon thousands of baseball games on TV over our lives. Like who knows how many? I've never seen anything like that. Yeah,
2: well, and, and I think obviously how it's built helps. Like it, it just looks like the fans are right on top of the totally. Players like right on top of them and, and making a difference. And, you know, I've said this a couple of times over the last couple of days, just talking about the crowd and what it's like. I think the biggest difference between the Philadelphia crowds right now and crowds around the country is that the Philadelphia crowd is showing up feeling like they're a player. And feeling like we know we can make a difference here because we've been told over and over and over again how much how much difference makers we are. Um, and when you when you galvanize us in that way, like it's it, like you're gonna get the results that you've gotten. It's smart. Um, but but you, I feel like people get out of their cars and they're like walking in like it's our game day too. Totally, like, dude. Wh- it's like let's go here. play,
1: buddy. Let's go play. I mean, you said it. I thought your line, Jack, before game four on the pregame show was like. One of the best lines I've ever heard, honestly, where you're like, tonight is a legacy game for the Philadelphia fans. Like, that's what I felt like going into it. It's like, it felt like, to your point, we were going there to perform on television, you know?
2: <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous to think about. But we think, think about all the pressure. Listen, Striders won one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, he, he said he doesn't want fans at the stadium, which I'm sure was tongue in cheek, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And the, the, the crowd that has been, you know, given their flowers more than any other fan base in the history of baseball right now. Hey, you can't go there and let down. You can't have a letdown game. There's no letdown spots when Spencer Strider's on the mound. And I thought we were great. I thought we were great. I mean, Strider chance like 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 at a boy chance Ah. Oh. i i mean acuña and arcia not handling it well Broken in the, in the dugout i mean yeah it, it was a legacy game and i think that the fans lived up to I
1: it i mean we incited a media controversy with all this us and harper have basically like broken the bbwaa oh <laughs> it's just god what an the braves what an embarrassment like honestly what an embarrassment except for a couple people like look you know, we were talking about Strider, like, credit to that guy. Uh, you know, first of all, he handled it. You know, he he didn't bitch horribly. They didn't score runs for him. Like, he wasn't great. He gave up a, a three home runs, as we know. But, you know, he wasn't bad. I, and I, I'm sure you saw this, Jack, and we hate to give credit, but, like, you know, credit to his comments after. One of the few people who's – uh You know, he said, I'm not a person that makes excuses. I'm sure there's a lot of Braves fans out there that aren't happy and they have a right to be. We got nobody to blame but ourselves. He's like, me personally, I wasn't good enough. And then he's asked about, well, should they change the division format? Is it unfair? And he's like, no. He goes, I think that people are trying to change the playoff format to make an excuse for the results they don't like or not confronting the real issue. You're in control of your focus, your competitiveness, your energy. And if having five days off means you can't make that adjustment, you've got nobody to blame but yourself, do we have to like Spencer Strider Whoa, now, Jack? Our like, guy. Like, but seriously, like it is. I'm happy he did it, and you know what? Shout out another guy who 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 has annoyed you more than me. But in general, Snicker Snicker did the same thing. He was asked by he's like, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. He's like, I look at the Astros. It didn't bother them. They kept hitting on all cylinders. I appreciate that because I think a lot of that Braves clubhouse has been a complete and total embarrassment. And uh, you know, nice to see a couple people stand up and say the right thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, they they're not. It's back-to-back years they lost to the Phillies in the postseason, a team that they have essentially dominated for the last real like five years of, of the Phillies trying to be competitive. So, I'm sure it's just something that just doesn't compute in their brains. But I, there is such a difference between this Phillies team in the postseason and the Phillies of the regular season, and when they get the crowd behind them, it it, it morphs them into one of the best teams in baseball. And you know, I I think it's now nationally like it's, it's more on them locally. I don't think it's viewed that way, but the Phillies and Braves have essentially been the same team for like two months now. Like they totally like literally yeah. Yeah. The Phillies, the the Braves bullpen was kind of collapsing. They didn't have much starting pitching, you know, like to act like this was some shock I thought was, was like embarrassing. Like the Phillies have been just as good. They have more talent on the back end of the bullpen. Uh, they don't have Strider, but they have Wheeler. Like um, uh, Max Freed, I've always thought is one of the most overrated pitchers in, in the sport. And he's hurt. I can't, and I can't hurt. believe he gets talked about like he's a real. He's not a real ace. Like, he's no, not.
1: but he's had some good. Like he's still a good playoff pitcher. He's, but he's yes. good. It's just yes. like
2: I'm not. I'm not walking to the series. No, like, oh, especially please.
1: when he's hurt. Like you know, yeah. diminished Max Freed no less.
2: But it was so. It was so like. It was so annoying. This idea of like, like that's why the, the the series odds didn't make any sense to me. The Phillies were
1: plus one hundred and sixty. It, it, it was it was, dude. I bet on it immediately. I thought it was crazy, and and to this point, you know that that's what bothers me the most about this whole like, oh, it's you know the the time off and the this and that and all that is that, like it takes away from what the Phillies just did. Like the Phillies were freaking awesome other than 3 innings they held the best offense we've ever seen in our lifetime to 3 runs in like four games like other than 3 innings like they have been it was a it was a masterful showing from the Philadelphia Phillies a masterful showing of of big hits when needed of brilliant pitching both starting and relief pitching brilliant top to bottom and a fan base that came ready to to put the Braves on their knees like it like we beat them 10-2 in game 3 we whooped their ass basically every game of the series except for the last two and a half innings of game two like it it i don't it bothers me that this is the narrative surrounding it just because the braves lost instead of being like look at the phillies for the second year in a row went out and freaking handled a 100 plus win baseball team that everyone thought was amazing like and also with the days off by the way like when the braves won the world series a couple years ago in 2021 and if we don't remember that the braves rolled rolled. They did not get challenged at all. They won like what was it, 4-0, 4-1? Like they they dominated that run. They had four days off before they started playing. They had five this year. Are we saying that one day, one extra day off is is up oh, team all time great offense that extra day. I guess they're done. Like it's I almost curse Jack. It's so bleeping stupid. It is so bleeping stupid.
2: Well and and you know the difference between that that Braves team and this Braves team is that they 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 clinched 3 weeks early and like they, they totally clinched. yes like so 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 they just had they played no competitive games and I don't know how you you could rectify that I don't know like just ultimately they they tried different things they tried um you know, like the sim games and, and stuff like that. It just, it it didn't work because the guys weren't ready to it's go. It's mental toughness.
1: To the exactly, yes. the Astros, well. look at the Astros. The Astros last year won 106 games, had it locked up, went into the bye, and didn't lose a game until the Phillies beat them.
2: I know, I know. I mean, the, the, the Astros are, are winners and they've been there before. Exactly. The other thing, the other thing that has been annoying is, well, oh, the Dodgers, they keep coming up small. Like, that Dodgers team wasn't good. Like I, I wasn't like the Dodgers had no pitching. Like, I, I don't know why that was so, so shocking. That the Diamondbacks beat them and, and, and like, sure. Freddie Freeman and Mookie had a horrible series. Like outside of Mookie and, and Freddie Freeman, who also in that lineup is really scary. They like will dismiss a good player. Yeah. Max Muncy um, can
1: hit a home run here or there, but like, yeah, he's also going to bat to He's
2: essentially West Coast Schwarber. Yeah. Just, I, I like, they weren't that good either. Like they're, they they neither the, neither the Braves nor the the Dodgers were great teams. Like I thought the Dodgers last year were, were much, much better. Um, yeah, the Braves last year, I don't know. I, I just it's been annoying because I think the Phillies are actually a very, very well built team that is peaking at the right time again and and people for some reason can't handle it because they weren't great in in April and May. And does does do, if you dive into the numbers more, they Again, they've been just as good. They've been better than the Dodgers for the last two months of the season. So this shouldn't be a shock to anyone.
1: Yeah, and, and it's a team that almost won the World Series last year, went back, won 90 games this year, and is on another run. Like, that's clearly a pretty great baseball team. You know, like, sorry. And shout out to Nick Bacone. I thought this was a uh, a really funny tweet. Maybe other people had it too, but, uh, and it would be just kind of the funniest way to do it. But he said, Phil's have a chance to do something really funny and sweep the NLCS 4-0 while the Astros-Rangers go 7 and then the win, win the World Series after a week off. Like, that would be, that would just be the funniest thing ever. If it's like, look, this is so stupid. Like, there you go. We rested for a week. We're good. Like, it just, it's so dumb, the whole thing, Jack. It, it's, you know, play better. Be mentally strong. As Spencer Strider said, Spencer Strider said, you control your focus. You control your energy. You control what you do out there. Like, stop freaking whining, man. Stop
2: i i'm with you i mean the phillies what in 08 had a long layoff and you know they they showed up they won game one down in down in tampa so i don't know it's 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 honestly like people acting like this is a new discussion i know i know it's only because the phillies were not a part of the discussion for 11 years that that people were like oh wow this is kind of annoying you know like this has been the argument in baseball for the last i don't know 10 years but it's 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 an unpredictable postseason. It is what it is. It's not basketball. I mean, basketball. We pretty much know it's going to win the finals, or you know, the top three seeds are going to be in the Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals. Football, generally, you know, it's 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 the better teams that are in the Super Bowl. Like baseball and and, and hockey are are the two most unpredictable postseasons, which is also why I think they're, they're... the
1: most fun. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Right Um. All right. Uh. Back to some of the the. All right. So back to a. Uh, I had this actually as my second thing on my notes, but then you know, in classic fashion, we actually ended up talking baseball more than I expected. Um. But I want to go back to game four again and uh, and the Johan Rojas play, because I do think that it's slightly getting shortchanged. I, I think a lot of people recognize that it was you know at least in terms of just you know. Uh, you know, win expectancy or whatever type of thing you want to tell, like it's probably the most important play in the game in the moment. And um, I said this to you at the ballpark, and and I've been really sentimental the last few days, Jack. And vouch oh, yeah. for that. How oh, many yeah. times have I told you I love you the last few days? Ah, uh, it's been a lot, a lot of book texts, <laughs> a lot of book texts, which is
2: good. I appreciate it. I know, but, but it's more me I than really Jack. Know how to yeah. All the so, time. so
1: that's exactly... I know Jack loves me. I know it. I really do in my soul. But like, Jack is not, and I say. I love you guy as much as I am like I I'll tell you, you know, it's my thing like it's all good. Um, so but I know that I've been a lot for Jack lately, but it's because I've been feeling it, man. Like this is first and foremost. And I know I said this on the postgame show, but I want to reiterate it because I, like I've never felt this before. And I mean it from like the bottom of my my soul that like I've uh, look, you always want your team to win a championship. For you, for us, for the fans, for, like, me. Like, I, you know, like I said, you know, February 4th, 2018, one of the great days of my life. October twenty nine, 2008, one of the great days of my life. Like, I have had two times where I've felt this this ultimate joy that, that that is the reason we watch these games, the reason we commit so much of our lives to caring and rooting for these teams and all that, especially in a city where it just matters more. Like, uh, you know, I want to win for me. I want to feel that. I want to have those memories and all that. But I, I said on the post game, and I truly mean it, like, in my life, I have never wanted a group of guys to win a championship more, to be champions more than I want this Phillies team to win. I want them to be champions of the world. Like I I want it so bad for them. I want it for Harper for his legacy. I want it for this group of guys so that This whole run, like, has that thing. Like, I want it for the Trey Turner's ovations. I want it for, like, the whole story of the season. Like, I just, I care so much about this team. I've told you, I'll say it. It's my favorite Philadelphia sports team of my life. Obviously, my favorite team. Like, this is the team I've loved the most in my life. I honestly feel that way after the last two years and the connection with the fans and all that type of stuff. So, like, yeah, I'm emotional. I'm feeling it, especially with the amazing experiences that Jack and I have got to have together. Like, two best friends, like, you know, doing dream stuff together is like, I'm sorry. I'm going to get sentimental. It means a lot. And, oh, by the way, today would have been my dad's 76th birthday. So I'm feeling it today, all right? I know. Happy birthday, dad. Um, uh, So, you know, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the whole thing. But uh, let me tell you, man, uh, just specifically to the pod, and if you're a longtime listener, you are going to freaking feel this too. Like, I came up to you in the game, and for me, just from a high hopes perspective and kind of like a – you know, where this pot has gone from starting in 2017 with a 66-win team and, um, you know, just the, you know, kind of shouting into the wilderness of like, hey, the Phillies are great. We love them. Even if they're not playing great right now, like, love them with us. Love baseball. It's the best sport. Trust us, please. Like, through all that stuff, like... Jack, the first time I heard the name Johan Rojas was out of your mouth. I would guess that 99% of people in Philadelphia, the first time they heard the name Johan Rojas was out of your mouth when he was like 16 and 17 and like an international sign, like all this stuff. Like he was a, a name that didn't have a face, that didn't have a, a real thing to him. And we watched him through the years and, and all this stuff. But like, man, like for Johan Rojas to have the play of the game in a clinching playoff game at Citizens Bank Park with us there watching it, man, like for me, like all the feels, dude. Like that was a, like Johan Rojas feels like such a symbol of, of how far this, how far he's come is how far high hopes has come.
2: So that was a lot. I know. Oh, I had to um, get it off my chest. All right. Because to, to go back to the Johan Rojas play, uh, you know, in tying that all in together. I mean, that's why you are, uh, you know, a public speaker, I guess, in a way. Because uh, you know, that was beautiful. It was beautiful. But you're thinking about like championship moments. I mean, i felt that a couple of times, but that is complete game against the Reds.
1: Obviously, uh, yes.
2: Moniac's home run against the Giants. Of course, yes. Uh, um, exactly. Trey Turner's exactly. home run yes. at the ovation. So, like, <laughs> listen, I know you're feeling it, but we've, we've had some moments the past. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's almost it's almost in a way, I know they haven't won the World. Now, they do have to win the World Series, and I get it. But, like, there's a part of me that's, that's like, this is already freaking awesome. Um, and this has already been an insane run. And um, you know what I think? I think what makes me the most happy about the current iteration of the team. And listen, I'm with you. Like I, I, this team, I I need to see what a, a parade down Broad Street would be like for them. Because I think, I think it has a chance to be like the Broad Street bullies kind of. I
1: do too, man.
2: Like where the, everyone talks about, yeah, 74, 75. Uh, I think, dude. I think uh, the
1: stories could come out for like, like, oh, like uh, these guys were at this bar doing shots with fans. Like these guys were doing a tour. Of this, like, it's like it feels like it could be that kind of thing where it leads to like I, I talked about Nick Cassiano's being a folk hero. I feel like these guys, if they win, like the celebration and the tale of the celebration is going to be the kind of thing that we hear stories and stories and stories about. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, well, and, and back to the Rojas thing. Well, how about his idol has been Ronald Acuna? I know. I know. Acuna.
1: Like, what a moment for him, dude! Can yeah. You
2: no, it? it's it, it, it's incredible. But like, I think for for years on this pod, we just been like yearning for for and just promising, I guess, in a way, uh, that playoff baseball is different and it's the greatest thing in the world and and how we couldn't wait to get back to it. It's our best take. It's our best take of all time. Yeah. Like, no no take has aged better than, maybe our Bryce takes. But, like, our, because he's, you know, it's hard to mess up a Bryce take. Yeah.
1: Um, we, we, we were a few, a few of many who had the yeah. Bryce take. Yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, it has lived up to everything that we wanted it to be. And more. I mean, the crowds have been unbelievable. The moments have been unbelievable. The talk around town has been unbelievable because all we heard was baseball's dead. No one cares about it. Why would I pay attention? And the second the Phillies got good, everyone's like, oh, wait, hold on. This is pretty cool. Oh, what, a, what a novel concept. I mean, my favorite call, um, and this was not on on our, the postgame final outs, but it was from Chuck in Mount Airy, who, who called in um, Friday after they won. And he was like, he was like, you guys didn't tell me this is awful. He's like, you guys didn't tell me this is the most stressful thing <laughs> in the entire world. Was was watching your team. Like, what is this? You know, and and that kind of feeling of playoff baseball and the intensity around it. Um, it's it's everything we could have wanted him more. And yeah, um, Johan Rojas. I, like, full, like, I I had massive questions about the bat. I thought he was going to chase too much. I thought um, you know he's had had a long way to go there, but. But what he does defensively is just so transcendent. Um, and it's so hard to to find, like, that kind of guy. Um, and he's just, I don't care that he doesn't hit. I, I care about what he brings defensively. And he's totally changed what they do from an, an outfield defense perspective.
1: Dude, he came up from A and has been up here for, like, what, a third of a season? And people are calling him the new Gary Maddox. Like, Like, that's... That's the highest praise that, as a Phillies fan, as a Phillies like that. That's it. That's like the, the the that's the best you can do. And the kid just got here, and to do it in a big moment, too. Um, yeah, man. And, and look to that point, uh, three people who I look. We've get, one of them. We've given a lot of credit to uh, throughout the run, obviously, and that and that's Topper. But for Topper, I know those. You know, if you didn't hear those quotes, and I'm sure a lot of people did. But his, you know, he was talking uh, after the game in the clubhouse and was asked about the Rojas thing and. And him saying how he went up to him and basically, you know, just said, I believe in you, man. And like you're the secretary of our outfield defense. Like, whatever you give us at the bat, like, cool, man. Doesn't matter. You're you're my guy. You're in the lineup. And like, like, man, like, like, you don't think that mattered to Yon Ross? You don't think he's thinking about that when he's making that play? You don't think like, and that's just and I know it gets talked about a lot, but I think with with Topper and the players talk about it all the time. But I do think and it you know, we talked about it so much last year and then again this year, just the way he he. Uh, relates to his players, the trust he shows in his players, and really his feel for his players from an emotional perspective. Hey, hey, athletes are humans. Um, You know, I think that, um, like, we talked a lot about the master class in managing that we've seen from Rob Thompson, you know, multiple times. Obviously, game one uh, with the Ranger and the bullpen stuff we talked about. But I don't think we talk enough about the master class from an emotional perspective leader and um and um, mentor and coach type perspective that 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 guy does you know what I mean
2: yeah and, and I think the the most important thing with Rob Thompson and it's frustrating in the regular season when they're not playing well and he's like, Eh, we'll be all right because I it's know, like I know. No, like give us something tangible. Like I want something tangible. Like I, I, I tell me it's gonna be okay. Well, remember he, how
1: mad everyone got when he's like, I I think we're like a ninety-five win type team. Everyone's like, watch, no, hi. And then it's like they played like a hundred and something win teams since that point. It's like you know, yeah,
2: you know. Yeah, but he he never breaks, and and I think that that's the most important thing. I, I think he's a great like postseason manager from that standpoint. Of I got I I trust you. We we got it. It's fine. Like just go do your thing, go play, and I'll take whatever criticism kind of comes with it, but I'm gonna keep trusting my guys. And if they let him down, i let him down, but he's not gonna he's not gonna panic. And I think that's the biggest thing that Rob Thompson brings to this baseball team is that he never, ever panics. Like yeah. I I haven't thought of I mean, I thought I don't it wasn't a panic move. I, I just don't know if he has full confidence in Hoffman after what happened um, in Game Four,
1: which is understandable. But, He's pitched a lot of innings. He's never been in these situations before. Like it also might not be confidence, enough, and often it also might be recognizing him wearing down. Like last year, he might not have recognized Alvarado wearing down. Maybe learn from that, you know?
2: Well, and also, and what I kept telling people is is that I I I think that the only person that they were afraid that that could beat him was Rosario. Yep. And they wanted a lefty yep. on Rosario. We were talking about
1: that in the game, in the moment. You and I were going, and you were like, the, he, "And you literally said it. You're like, he's game planning for Rosario." And I was like, "And, and I said, what I say. I'm like, that's smart. He should.
2: Yeah, he's the only guy that can really. He's been a great postseason performer. He I was the like scariest always...
1: guy in that lineup to me. I told you that. Like Rosario terrified me.
2: So if it cost you uh, righties on and, and and Soto. I think he was okay with it because he could not let Eddie Rosario beat him. So I think that's simply what happened, and maybe it's not a, a loss of confidence in Hoffman. And we'll see what happens in, in this Diamondback series. But um, I, I think that that's the, that's been the, the strength of Rob Thompson is he never panics, and he seems like very very relatable. Like he seems like the nicest guy in the world. Oh my so, God! Well, uh, no, I, I can tell you, he I, is once again lifetime lifetime uh, lifetime content.
1: Seriously, and I can tell you, you know, like look. You don't get to know someone that well talking to them for a minute before you put them on the radio each week, you know, when you talk to them, like you don't really get to know them, but like in the minute or so that I talked to Rob Thompson, you know, 15 times or whatever it was this year, like he's exactly what you think. He's just so nice and he's so friendly and I would thank him for coming on. And he would be like, it felt, it felt to me like he genuinely appreciated it, you know, so um, yeah, it. I think everything you see with the guy is real. Uh, the other two guys who, you know, I think it's pretty obvious the two guys I'm going to say, but I do think it's important as, you know, we lead into the, the Diamondback series and just talk about where this team is at and you talking about all we ever wanted with this team and, um, you know, is to get back to the playoffs and to have these win, you know, these types of wins and these moments in this winning culture. And, and obviously, you know, we have to, and I mentioned the post game, but I mean, Dombrowski-Middleton, like, you got to, like, Man, like Dave Dombrowski, obviously, we knew it the moment he was hired. We said they nailed it. This guy is they going got to change yep, they got the this. Right guy. Like we said, this guy is going to change the entire culture of this organization. He's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna flip it on its head, and we're gonna be a winning organization moving forward. He's gonna make all kinds of amazing moves on the field, just like we expected. But so well,
2: we, we, what we always said about Dave Dombrowski is that he's gonna build this from within. Exactly. He's not gonna, yes. he's not gonna trade prospects. Yeah, which gonna, is <laughs>
1: which is actually pretty pretty awesome. And and look, I um, I mean, Dave Dombrowski was a Hall of Famer before he came here, Jack. Like without a doubt. I mean, you don't win. World Series with multiple clubs as a general manager and then go back to another and not make the World Series, I mean, not make the Hall of Fame, like, the list of general managers who have done that is very, very, very short. You know, Pat Gillick and, you know, type guys. Um, But he has a chance, dude, to, like, to... It's already there, but, like, if... Look, already what he's done with this team is, like, an amazing capper on a on a, like, all-time great general manager career. If the Phillies win the World Series, from a resume perspective, like... That's the kind of thing that that like you know. Then you're arguing is Dave Dombrowski the greatest general manager in the history of baseball from a results standpoint. Like that's the kind of stuff that is on the table for this guy legacy wise, depending on how this whole Phillies run plays out.
2: Well, I don't know. Did he did he build the '80s Twins? Because that's my <laughs> greatest general
1: manager. Well, if he didn't, is... he didn't. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, see what I did there. I'll Not too back bad. Back a little back paraphrase.
1: Back. A little switch around.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. He is. Uh... He's really easy. And and listen, um, this is not this is not like a shot, whatever. But like he's he's done way more than Gillick did. I mean, that team was essentially built with Gillick. You know, like he he had to do the the worth thing, which is important. Uh, the Jamie Moyer trade, which is important. And yeah, he he filled out the the Dobbs signing and and stuff like that. That stuff 100 percent matters. But like Dave Dombrowski had to change everything not like the players were here but he had to teach them get the right people in here to totally. teach them how to win so he had to do like a facelift from that kind of um from that kind of perspective and you know i'm sure we're, we'll get there and you were leading towards bringing up middleton but you know a couple years ago it, it felt like he was in every decision it felt like he was trying to be you know overbearing from the potted standpoint. plant
1: remember i mean that was such a thing that whole like that whole comment the analytics stuff like it all became a thing you remember
2: mm-hmm I very much so yeah. so uh, and I think the biggest thing with with Middleton now is he he identified the 100%. he trust
1: yeah he trusts the guy in charge what a thought
2: he, he and that's what happened with Mcphail and Clintch you spend more of my money and guess what Although, he
1: was right he shouldn't have trusted other than you know linttech can 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 set up some contracts he could wow, do that's Ned Rice. That's Ned Rice. Okay, yeah, I like that. Let's give Ned Rice the Wheeler credit. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. And the Harper credit. And brother, the Harper right? credit, the exactly. JT, JT, all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Rice, the unsung yeah. hero. Yeah. But but seriously, with the Middleton thing, too, um, first and foremost, it makes me happy because, like, when you look back at everything that Middleton said, even though there were a few years there, and, and really, I think McPhail just totally you know, pardon the pun, failed him. Like, I really do. I think the biggest problem with the early part of Middleton's tenure when he took over full control of the team was that the guy he put in charge failed him. I think Andy McPhail failed him, flat out. And then, like we said, once Dombrowski got in here, you know, everything changed. But the key to it all to to Middleton being a great owner was that he was willing to spend money the whole time. It's just, he needed someone who knew how to spend it the right way. Um, But you know, the quotes, you know, we talked a lot prior to the season about the quote about, you know, this team, he wants this team to be one of the all time greats and to be talked about that way. And you know, there was another one that filtered out this week that I hadn't noticed from that or or forgotten from that article, but um, that we didn't give as much credit to, but uh, I saw it on Twitter where uh, this is Middleton talking uh, and he goes, How much did the the 27 Yankees make? Or the 29As? I know it was. I know it was from that time. I just, I had forgotten about it because the other one, he's like, or the 75, the big red machine. Does anybody know? Does anybody care? Nobody knows or cares whether any of them made money or not. Nobody knows or nobody cares about whether I make money or not. If my legacy is that I didn't lose any money owning a baseball team on an annual operating basis, that's a pretty sad legacy. It's about putting trophies in the cases. Like, I just, like, it's all you want. It's all yep. you want, man. It's all you want T- to say these things and then put your money where your mouth is. And, uh, man, like, we are really lucky. And-, and one of the people, if if they can finish this off, we talked a lot about Bryce Harper and how desperately I want him to be a champion. Like, I will be so happy for John Middleton when he can, you know, to to deliver on his prophecy, to finally bring that, that bleeping trophy back. Like, I am a uh, I- – I- he deserves a lot of credit.
2: Well, I just want to know, like, after they have won playoff rounds, he's been throwing baseballs into the stands. At the parade, is he, is he going to be firing beers at people?
1: Oh, like,
2: buddy. Like, just...
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, so the firing baseballs at people, probably a little dangerous, on uh, uh, yeah. the moving thing and all that, yeah. Maybe we can get him, like, Nerf baseballs that he could throw. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But look, yeah, again, and we give him credit for this all year long, but I mean... Just the fact that he's engaged with the fans and he talks to fans during games and that you know he's out there throwing baseballs—it's uh—it's great stuff. You don't see that.
2: Yeah, and he's obviously a native Philadelphia. Yeah, and he's uh, a fan.
1: Like, what a thought! Yeah. What a thought! Yeah, what an right? idea! What a thought that the steward of your franchise for all of us fans who live and die with this and will be here, uh, you know, generationally are going to be fans of this team to have someone owning your team and running it who actually loves the team too. What a, what a novel concept!
2: Yeah, it's, it's a crazy concept, and he's uh. They're are in a they're in a really good spot and they're set up to 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 where this is in the end. Um, and now, I feel this now more than I did last year. Like last year, this whole thing was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. what is this?" Um, you know, like kind of kid at the candy store. This year, it's it's way more like they gotta finish it. Like they got it. Like they gotta finish it. You know, this Diamondback series is a series where. Their favorites and, and to lose this would be a,
1: a catastrophic. A, a, it, it would, would be re- a, a yeah, huge It would.
2: Um, so now it's like, get, now, obviously I don't know how the, the world series, I'm not going to say world series your bust because the Astros are really good. And I think the yeah. Rangers are a good postseason team, but yes. like now it's time to end this thing, you know? And, and, and that's the, the main message now it's no longer, this is really cool. It is really cool, but it's also shifting towards, we got to end it.
1: So uh, I'm happy you brought that up because I've been thinking a lot, and it it makes me sad, but it's only because we have the hope again. But I've been thinking a lot about that last pod we did uh, after Game 6 of the World Series, after the Phillies lost, and just how down you were. Um, And your whole message was, this was an amazing run. I know that that at some point soon I'm going to be like, that was so great, I loved it. But it's really hard to get back here, man. It's really hard to win this thing. and and what I feel this I'm being you right now, I remember you being like, what you felt most in the moment was not the fun of the run, but it was the sadness of the missed opportunity. And I was with you, but I was more positive. I, I don't I, like I just felt more positive about them getting back now that they are on the precipice of doing it again, and they are the favorite to get back to that World Series. Like you are absolutely right, man. Like it is like, it is that much more important that they capitalize. Like, it is that much more. You know how much harder it is to go back to the World Series a third year in a row? Way harder. <laughs> like, like, this is, um, to, to the point you made after the World Series last year, that point only gets amplified even more now. Where if you get there, like, you got to bring it home.
2: Well, unless you're the Astros. I mean, yeah, they do this every year, I know, apparently. I know.
1: I'm not a jack. In the back of my mind, I'm hoping that's what... But Maybe, but, we're, maybe <laughs> we're the uh,
2: East Coast Astros?
1: Look, hey, they are built for it, man. Like, you know, NOLA is really the only big thing that has to be, you know, figured out this season in terms of the core of the team. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, potential for this group, especially with how they are and, and how they play together and care about each other and all that. Like, you know? Look, Middleton said it. He wants to be remembered as, as one of the greats. And, like, if they, they keep playing like this in the postseason and can win some titles, they could be. Um, but, you know, that's the point more I'm making is is it's hard to get to the World Series, win it when you get there. I've been thinking about that a lot. So I, yeah. I, I agree with your general point that, like, if they lose this year, even if it's in the World Series, like, if, look, if they lose to the Diamondbacks, it is a flat-out disappointment. There's no way to spin it. If they lose in the World Series, you don't have to say, like, they were a disappointing ball club. But it's gonna hurt more it's gonna hurt more than it did last year it just will
2: totally and 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 that's why they gotta end it and that's why I've been I've been really happy with the way that they the, like the looks they've been giving because um, they look like they are of that same mantra um and if you get one like just just it's it's time to it, it's like last year it, it almost happened so fast. You know, like the, the the build was so so much slower. Um, you know, the, right, not, I don't mean that. Like the game the getting, getting there last year and winning the World Series would have been like, wow, that was like so fast.
1: And now it's just totally over. it felt like in the moment it was like, you know, wait, th- like it, it felt almost like it couldn't actually happen because it was like this is like way too like quick. This is way too quick. Yes. I wasn't way ready. Too- I'll take it. But I wasn't ready for it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Now I'm ready. Now I've now.
1: never been more ready for anything. Believe it or
2: not, yeah. Now, now I'm very, very ready. And because I do think, you know, these stories are all in the right spot for it at the same time. Like next year, I just don't know. Like it, the, everything that has happened this year, the way they've talked, the the ovations, the no hitter, the you know, Scooby Doo is a is a superhero. Like it's all the the Attaboy Harper. Like it's all trending towards it. If they like it's like they need to end it this year. They need to end it this year. It's perfect. It is like storybook. End it, end it, end it.
1: well, you know what I said, man. And I truly mean it. Like if they end it, if they win it, I think it's the greatest Philadelphia sports story of my lifetime personally. And I know that, you know, like for a lot of people, the Eagles win in the first Super Bowl, and and look, that happened in a very storybook, magical fashion. To have the quarterback go down and the backup come in, it was here mm-hmm. before, and it like it was like a it's felt like a sports movie. That's why one of the and a great game against the all time great and Brady, and the whole thing like it was it was special. But but like in terms of a team and a town, man, in terms of a connection, in terms of a narrative story from one year to the next, like this is the best I've ever seen, and. They have to finish it when you take into account the story, the ovations. I mean, for the ovations to matter like that, for them to matter like that to a champion, it just, it adds a whole level to it. And forgetting even just the story of it and how much it means to us as fans and and to the players, to your point, like, it's, if they lose it again and, you know, like, God forbid. But let's say they lose in the World Series again. Like it's hard to ratchet that same. What are they gonna do? Like one more? Like let's say they're losing seven. One more this time, guys. Or are they losing five? Are they gonna do like three more? Like it's hard to 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 go back again and build up that same level. And they'll find new things. And I do. I don't think that if they lost, they couldn't go back again. It's just so much harder to grab that motivation the same way. And then, of course, harder to stay healthy, harder for things to break the right way, harder for, you know, the the season to go your way always because it's baseball. So, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> thanks for putting the stakes on it, Jack. They're pretty high.
2: They are. Yeah. But I feel like no one's been, like they are really, really hot. Yeah. They, it's 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 time. It's hard to recreate all of this, all of this um, and Matt Olson tried to end it early, so but, I okay, so I'm happy, Matt Olson.
1: I'm so happy you, okay, so like I've, I've been going through my notes as we go and mixing them in, I've done a really good job, I've only got a few left, and we'll get to the take-backs. Are you just patting yourself in the back I, right now? Well, a little the, bit, the but I'm happy doing. you brought that up because one of the things on my notes that I was going to bypass, but I was like, cause we are past it, but I have Olson on purpose, question mark. Like, do you, like, I don't know that no. he definitely hit him. Up. I don't think he did, but I definitely don't think Olsen like tried to move out of the way at all. Like he definitely ran full speed right ahead, and it looked like the knee was going right. Like, I don't think it was on purpose either just cause that seems like really dark, but man, it didn't like, it looked, it looked very direct if you know what I'm saying.
2: I think if it. I think that's only cause of slow motion. Yeah. I think if it was the regular season, he probably eases up, you know, but yeah. I think in, in that situation with his season kind of crumbling around him i'm not like of course if bryce ends up being hurt there as he mentioned in the names of john lannon oh my god he's he's
1: number one he's the top of the list all those others don't even matter anymore it's like number one with a bullet oh hold on that moment no they don't not that they don't matter but like think about it like in that moment i I mean there's no like like no worse moment
2: no so yeah i don't i don't think so I don't, I don't like at
1: least like Howard's Achilles is horrible, but they lost. It was at the end of the game, it was over. Like, this is like you win a series and then you know, it would have been just I can't even.
2: Yeah, shout out to Bryce's funny bone. Why is the yeah. funny bone, hey, exist? Hey, hey, Jack? That's here's what, what I'm can't. gonna
1: say Bryce's funny bone, not that funny to me. Not that okay, funny? yeah, didn't, didn't have much fun. Yeah, not it.
2: hilarious. I just don't get why it exists. I'm with like, you, buddy. What it, is the point of the funny bone? Yeah, it just, the, just it, to annoy to us, us and nerves? make us think
1: that we're hurt way more than we are. Thanks.
2: I guess because nerve, like, I want to make sure that your nerve, this system is working.
1: You're asking the wrong person, pal. I am. I am. Uh, when it comes to uh, that, that's that. I am. I'm pretty knowledgeable on a, a a wide variety of things. That's where my knowledge ceases to exist.
2: Yeah, I am not. I am. This is. This is about what you get. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's
1: like it's like Phillies. A couple other things.
2: Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, there's not much more. If you look into my eyes and think that's a deep thinker, stop
0: with that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: All right, I'm going to fire a couple things at you at the end real quick. Take back now, but but by the way, um, just have to get in there. The Diamondbacks pumping in the simulated crowd noise is the most adorable thing that has happened this postseason. It's so cute.
2: Uh, take oh, it's, it's hilarious. I'm sure it's <laughs> I'm definitely sure it's going to work. Oh, it's,
1: it's got to be exactly the same thing. All right, take back. Um uh all right.
2: <laughs> I think and and this was concocted in my brain at 5:30 this morning. So
1: Love it. that's what I that's honestly the the premier take bag stuff is usually that. So
2: Yeah. Well, listen. Jill's not here and Walker's not here and I'm cold and, and, and you know it, it, it's very lonely um for me right now. I get it, so, buddy. You know me, get,
1: like I'm a people person. I don't I don't I don't like to be alone for too much. <laughs>
2: um but i think the i think there is a a a genius level quality of the rob thompson countdown because it keeps everything in perspective like it starts at 13 more and then it gets down to 11 more and then it gets down to eight more and i just think that there is this we're, re- we're very happy but always keeping your eyes on the prize rather than any other post-game speech which is like you know Ew, this is great like keep pushing keep grinding like the idea of we have eight more at the end before they lose their freaking minds I think is is genius level of prop-top.
1: so I don't like to give too much credit to Jody camera uh, yeah obviously we don't but uh, he actually said this last year right away. The first, when they beat the uh, when they beat the Astros, we played that speech, and Joe jumped on the thirteen more thing, and he was like, "I freaking love that man!" And it's for the exact reason you just said. Like he's setting a goal, and he's keeping that goal despite all the other celebrations. That we could do it. Like that's the goal, and it's there at the end of it every time. Like the camera thought it was such a clever way to go about it, and I- I'm right there with you, man. I, I think it is a. Uh, it's a rallying cry. I think. Look, I think the two more comes from that. Like, there are two more going into the season. Is them remembering where the countdown ended?
2: Totally. Um, so i I think it's I think it's really really smart by Rob Thompson. So um,
1: yeah, uh, obviously, hope they they keep it going. Um, oh, real quick on that, uh, yeah. I, the camera asked on the air. I I think the answer is absolutely yes. But if if they can win it. Does he do a how many more? No more topper, Zero more topper? Like that has to happen, right? One hundred
2: percent. That's how it I ends. agree. Yeah. Okay. That, okay, that's the yeah. that's has the cherry to. on. top.
1: Has to. Has to.
2: Um. So I think the Phillies are set up really well in this series from the standpoint of they have enough lefties to neutralize Corbin Carroll. That I'm not sure the Diamondbacks to, or the uh, Dodgers had. Like if 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 it's the I I I think he's gonna be really aggressive with his bullpen this series. If I had to be,
1: you're talking about topper.
2: Uh, yeah. If I had to guess. I wouldn't be surprised like, if it starts even just go five and if Carroll's like leading off the sixth, if it's not Alvarado, Strom, or Soto. Like I, I think he's going to be super aggressive from that standpoint of like the most important thing late in a game, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning is what's the plan to get Corbin Carroll out?
1: As it is should Christian be, Jack, wa- by the way. I mean, he's, it's crazy as it is for those who don't know, he is he is going to win rookie of the year in the National League. He's their best player, like flat out. As a rookie,
2: yeah, and he's someone that if he gets on base, he's just a terror. Like he can just he, can he might, steal a he might bags. be
1: the fastest guy in the league. Like he's up there.
2: Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I think his number one priority is is, is neutralizing Carroll, keeping him off the base paths, especially late in games. And then if it if it ends up with a left, like I, if I was if I was Terry Lavello, I would put uh, Christian Walker third from that aspect just so that he can bat there against a, a lefty if if things go wrong. He's been batting Tommy Pham there, which I don't totally understand. But um, Christian Walker is someone to, to definitely uh, look out for. This Gabby Marino local kid. kid.
1: Yeah, Gabby Marino has been great for them. They're catcher.
2: Yeah, like all of a sudden he's batting close to 300. Yeah. He, now he only hit seven home runs during the regular season. But he had so, what, a
1: couple against the Dodgers, right?
2: A couple against the Dodgers. So the offense, it, it pretty much like carols the engine – uh, Christian Walker can take you deep. I can't believe Kettle Marte Longori is good. Is.
1: Kettle Marte is a, still a good baseball player. I can't believe Evan Longoria is still playing. I know. Push. I mean, Lords Goriel, like they have guys who are like, you know, like good baseball players, but who like could be annoying. Like Lords mm-hmm. Goriel is the exact kind of guy who is like a really nice, solid baseball player, but not jumping off the screen. But like, like I'm a little nervous when Lords Goriels comes to the bite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lord S. Goriel. Lord S. Um, yes, I know. As soon as I said, I was like, I'm saying this wrong and I knew Jack was going to come at me for it. No big deal. <laughs> Look, it's a, a classic high hopes, right? We, we, yeah. we wouldn't be here if it weren't that. Yes.
2: Um, yeah, Goriel is definitely a problem. But uh, yeah, so uh, lineup's not great. but So I was one that was, felt like the, the bullpen thing was going to be a big advantage for the Phillies. And while I think it is, I do think Ginkle and, and Seawater are very Ginkle. good. Yeah.
1: Ginkle's the one i met. Like, Ginkle's good. He doesn't, he's not, like, he strikes guys out, but he's not quite, like, an insane strikeout guy. But, like, he's just good. He gets outs. He doesn't give up a ton of hits. He doesn't give up a ton of walks.
2: Uh, by the way, get very, very used to the name Joe Mantiply because he is the, uh, he's basically the, the Jeremy Affelt. Mm-hmm. Javi Lopez, he's not Javi Lopez, but because no. Javi Lopez was nasty, he's not Pedro Feliciano, but he just reminds me of like
1: Javier Af- Lopez. Felt. Like he
2: can't, he, you can't let him be the AFL Lopez that happened in 2010, um, because and he hasn't been that good this year. Last year he was much much better, but he's their main lefty out of the bullpen, um, you know, to to where they can handle that. And then uh, the 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 Christopher Sanchez possible starting game four. Even though he hasn't pitched in two weeks, it's so it, it feels so falterish. Where you know now, I don't think it's going to be the, the good part about that is that whoever the the, the Diamondbacks are again, yeah. I have no idea. Well, they
1: won that game, the Phillies. That's the funny thing, you know, the, yes. the fault, they won that game. So yeah,
2: I just like I, like the the fought kid. Yeah, I mean, Brandon pretty Fox pretty good in the postseason. Um, but Kelly also had just,
1: like a five ERA during the season. You know, he was hit or miss. So
2: yeah, it, it's. It's, it's I mean, an Miguel Castro, theory.
1: like, I'm not going to be scared of Miguel Castro if he comes no, no. in. He's not. I'm sorry.
2: No, they've, they've owned Miguel Castro for the last couple of years.
1: And Chafin being hurt helps. Like, that's yeah. another lefty they could have thrown at them that they can't.
2: I feel like Miguel, like Miguel Castro is kind of like, now, Iglesias is better, but I'm never afraid when Iglesias comes in again. game. I feel
1: exactly the same way, dude. And Iglesias is significantly better, but I love the comp, as, you know, especially when Castro the Mets. and the, Like, it just, the dude never scared me.
2: Even in the uh, Orioles series back in uh, what was it, 2020, when yeah, yeah. they, they dropped the pop up on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so yeah, bullpen Ginkle, Ginkle and and Seawalt are the two main ones, and then watch out for supply against the lefties. And then I think one of the bigger questions, one of the more underrated questions, is who's going to be the righty they trust the most to get Christian Walker out? Um, is it going to is he going to go back to Hoffman? Is as Sir Anthony earned his trust? what do they do with Kimbrell? Um, you know, it's one of those important Orion. things like yeah, Orion. Is Cause, in, cause in Orion well. seems
1: like one of those guys where, you know, Thompson could just feel like, all right, this guy can't hit this particular pitch type of thing. You know, and I don't, I don't know with Walker in particular, I'm just saying in general, you know, it seems like Thompson is really, we've had some like, why is he going to this matchup in this spot? I think Thompson's got some reasons for these things, obviously.
2: Yeah, I do not think he's uh flying by the seat of the cannon exactly, for sure. Yes. Um yeah, so I think that that's gonna be one of the bigger storylines of the of the series is is who's who's the righty you trust the most? Do you lose trust in Hoffman? Did he gain trust in Sir Anthony? What is Orion's role? And and Kimbrell, I mean Kimbrell came in the freaking seventh the other night. Unbelievable into and a dirty into a, inning. A, into a dirty inning. Wow. So I, I think know. that's gonna be a fascinating watch.
1: I'm with you, dude. I, I really am. I think. Well, I guess, I, and I guess, it would they want
2: would they want Marte against a righty or a lefty? Like, who's he better against?
1: I so that's actually one I am not sure. So my just like instinctually, I feel like he's better left handed, but I feel like most switch hitters are better from the right side of the plate. So let me take a look real quick. Um, but yeah, look, and Marte, you know, Marte's a guy we've talked about for years. Like, he's one of those guys who's just annoying. Like, if I had to bet on someone annoying us this series, it's it's Marte. Like the dude. He's just a good baseball player. Uh, All right, let me look up his splits here. Uh, Marte, this season, was... He is better against... uh, Oh, he's he's good against both. But he's slightly better against left-hand pitching. So, as like most switch hitters, he's slightly better from the right side of the plate. But he had an 828 OPS against right-handed pitching and an 879 OPS against lefties. So, like, solid against both, slightly better from the right side.
2: Yeah, and the lefties are going to be really important in this series because... Um when you get down to the seven, eight, nine, one, it's it's Alec Thomas, who I believe is OPS against lefties is four thirty-five. Um is Longo that, his, o,
1: his OPS, not his OPP.
2: <laughs> his OPS OPS against lefties is four thirty five. Wow. Um Longoria would have to kill lefties if he's gonna be in that spot. Perdomo, five seventy nine against left handed Yeah, pitching.
1: that dude's in there for defense.
2: Yeah, and then uh, and then Corbin Carroll seven twenty one OPS against left handed pitching. Yeah, so,
1: and 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 Carroll like was way worse at it. Like worked really hard. Like they he was the kind of guy where you you wondered if he was going to be able to hit left handed pitching early in his career. So um, seven twenty one, but I wouldn't. I I'm never going to feel comfortable with Carroll at the plate even against a lefty.
2: Never, no, he, he absolutely terrifies me. So um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And then the last thing I wanted to uh, throw out here was. Um, You know, we meet a lot of cool people. We meet a lot of uh, you know great, great High Hopes listeners, and we're always very excited when it's High Hopes versus WIP. Not if there's anything wrong with WIP. No, we love
1: WIP, but you know, a little more excited when you say you love High Hopes. Just honestly, it is what it is. It's our favorite.
2: Um, But I met uh, Dom. Little Dom and his dad, AJ, who flew out from uh, San Diego. And Dom apparently at like 5.30 in the morning is listening to you yoing super, super early in the morning. So uh, his dad, AJ, surprised him and flew him out yeah. uh, for the game's last series. Um, and that was his first time at Red October. And it looked like he had a great time. So shout out to Dom and his
1: dad, AJ. Shout out to Dom. That is super cool. And, yeah, we – um, you know, that has been – the Phillies winning and the experience of watching the team that Jack and I love more than anything winning in playoff games is, is in and of itself, obviously the most amazing thing, but like for us, the, the, to be able to meet as many, to have as many people come up to us and say, they love the pod and love what we do and are a part of that high ups community. And people talking about like, I had the old school shirt. I need the new shirt, which we, we want everyone to have shirts working on it. Um, like just the, the amount of, like, love that we felt for High Hopes um, is the single best thing that happened to us. Like, this is our favorite thing to do. Like, High Hopes is is the the thing that we love the most. And the community that's formed around it, the people we've met, the people who show up and tell us how much they appreciate the pod, like, that's, that's like, everything to us. So, um, thank you to Dom. Uh, AJ, and and really all the people we got to talk to and meet and stuff who love the pod. It's uh, it's our favorite thing, Jack. It's our favorite thing. Yeah, easily. Easy. Like Not easily. It's just what it is. Uh, all right. Then, uh, all right. So last couple of things I wanted to fire at you uh, just to, I spent all this time making my notes. I'm going to finish out the notes app. I've got my own little take bag. How about that? That's how prepared I am. A final take bag here. Super quick. I need to know because I never noticed it before, does Austin Riley always do the, the sign language Hoskins, I love you thing going around second base? Was that a call out to Hoskins? It wasn't mocking, I'm hoping, because that would be really messed up. But did you notice that when Riley hit the homer uh, to make it one nothing, when he was going around second base, he did the Hoskins thing? Did you notice that? I
2: think he's always done it. Okay, I think uh, and I
1: assumed. It. Look, I did not. I'm not looking for a slight. I, Austin Riley doesn't seem like a bad guy. He's annoying as a player, but... I wouldn't, th- and that'd be messed up. Hoskins is hurt. Like, I don't think he would. I just, no. I wanted clarification on it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I And I didn't really notice it because I was too enraged that Austin yeah. Riley. Did oh, I
1: didn't notice it again. This is one of those ones I caught on the replay. Obviously didn't notice in the moment, but then rewatching. Um, okay, good. Um, all right. Uh, I need help with superstitions in a sec. I just wanted one Bryce Harper thing. I forgot to mention that I, I wanted to mention. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but if you haven't uh, seen his answer on the Pat McAfee show, talking about pressure. Um, I just thought it was, honestly, Jack, and I, I, for those who didn't see it, I know you saw it, but but talking about how, you know, he's asked about, you know, how do you channel and handle the pressure of a moment to keep coming through in these moments, all this stuff, and he's like, man, he's like, he's like, pressure was dropping out of high school at 15. He's like, pressure was... Having to be the number one pick, having to pressure was trying to lift my family out of our situation and set them up for generations. Like, he's like, That's pressure. He's like, Now I get to go out and play this game. He's like, Now is the fun part. All the work I did before, all the pressure was to get to here. And it's like, first and foremost, about as, as, perfect to, we talk so much about how he's so perfect at what he says in the city and all that. And, you know, a lot of people thought he was pandering. We didn't obviously, but I think everyone's kind of come around to understand that this is who this, who this guy is genuinely. Um, but it's, it's not just talking about the city or whatever. It's like the message that this guy delivers across the board, like that perspective for young athletes, for this, for that, whatever is, it's so impressive to see how this guy looks at what he does and how he does it. And, and you know, I guess not a shock that he's so good in these moments. I guess your heart will be a little bit slower if you're not feeling the pressure because you're looking at it as fun instead of pressure. Like, I just thought, Jack, for, you know, a guy who it's like every time he opens his mouth, I I, I eat it up. Uh, I thought this was something that, you know, just outside of Philly, forgetting the stuff that we love here, I thought that was like a, a really... uh amazing way to to show us his perspective on something like that
2: well and i i just thought about it selfishly like obviously it's a great answer and and i I love bryce but it's just like awesome so we're gonna have a guy that that views this as fun rather than pressure like that cool we're i I don't think these moments are gonna end anytime soon um and yeah, the more and more that you—I mean, first every time we talk, it's just like, "Oh, you're just the greatest thing that's ever happened to, to Philadelphia sports." But um, I've I just—I've you—you have been very sappy. Like I would say, extra, extra sappy. Oh,
1: over the top! And I'm way more sappy than you, period. Like that's just our thing. But I have been. I've been in rare form man. Yeah. Rare. Sure, I mean like sure, look, I sure. like this run, we got to be in the freaking clubhouse. You got to be I get to be front I have the front row seat to see you and Trey Turner meet each other. Like it was like I mean if the, look at the picture destiny out. like my face in that picture is like the perfect representation of how I feel It's like maniacal happiness on my face. Um but, yeah, like, and then, I mean, like, look, I just had my 16th anniversary with Emily of the day we got together. You know, it's my dad, would have been my dad's birthday. He passed away 20 years ago. Like, I'm just, it's a lot of stuff coming together right now for an already yeah. sentimental guy and watching Zoe go through this run. I mean, the whole thing, it's, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm feeling it, it, buddy. I, a, I am it, feeling it.
2: It's a savvy time. Yeah. But I think where, where my level of sappiness has gone up is I just have continued to think about Bryce and his like Hall of Fame, eventual speech, yeah. but like all the, the resume building moments we're gonna have with Bryce, 400, 500. Um, you know, uh, he's probably not getting a Probably 3, not, but hits. like,
1: but, uh, no, probably not, but like, like he's gonna be he has a chance at those. Like if he can stay healthy, the thing you can say is he has a chance at six hundred. He has a chance at three thousand. I don't think he'll get to either of those numbers, but like it's possible, which is crazy.
2: But five hundred, four hundred, and then just the cherry on top getting a parade down Broad Street. And hopefully not just one, by the way. I mean, I know the one would be amazing, but given the way the team is, given the way that the the, the front office is built right now, the given the ownership, guys have- commitment, the whole thing. Like this, this should be a pretty good run. I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself from that perspective because we only win in five year periods, you know, the <laughs> no,
1: and, then, and then we, and then we have long stretches of losing. So let's exactly. hope we, let's it's, hope it's we break the pattern a little bit this time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe let's, let, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, let's, let's maintain this one a little bit better, but, um, yeah, Bryce just, it, it's he's, he's, he's Bryce. Yeah. He is, he is fully Bryce and, um. We're just, we're
1: so lucky to have. We're the luckiest, man. We are the luckiest. I, I've never felt more lucky to have an athlete in my life than Bryce Harper because of the whole thing. The superstar choosing us, the, the moments, the clutch, the way he embraces us, the city though. I like, seriously, I've never, never felt so lucky in my life. Um, all right. A couple more. I have one superstition thing I need to help me out with. And then, and then, uh, 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 one last thing to say goodbye, but, um, and, and we brought it today, you know, I'm, I'm. I'm so happy. I, so I honestly, I said this to Emily uh, yesterday and today. I said it to Elliot when we were driving out to our show yesterday. I think I might even said it in the air. Like, I go to sleep thinking about the Phillies. I wake up thinking about the Phillies. Dancing on my own is in my head 100% of the day. Like, I could just start singing at any moment because it's always there. Like, I've never, like, the run last year felt, like, all-encompassing and, like, a, wow, I can't believe everyone's so excited about the Phillies. Like, we are. This is so cool. This year it feels like, like, obsession, honestly. Like, it feels like it's the only thing on my mind, Jack. Um, all
2: well, right. welcome. By yeah, the way. I know.
1: I know. It's very, very frizzy. Someone's been
2: living through this for a
1: while. <laughs> yeah. Someone's doing it with a 66-win team. And that's why you're <laughs> the most special one. Um, all right. But I need you out with a superstition. So I, um, I don't know if I've talked, I know I talked about, I've, I have two weird ones this year. And, you know, with you, it's always, you know, you're, you're your jersey and you've got your things that, that are consistent year to year. I'm much more like, what's hitting me in a particular run type of thing. Like last year I had the playoff beard, like this year not doing that. Like this year I I didn't need to, you know, I'm doing like, it's whatever plays out in the right way for me. And, And I have two things this year that are consistent and are sticking. There's other little stuff that you do, but the two things that are consistent are number one, I'm doing the recycling and the dishes before every game. It's just, I forgot to do them for game two of the brave series. Like that's it. Like every, so like, do you need more evidence? Um, but the other thing is, is strictly for home games, and we're there. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air or not. Um, I feel like I might have, but it, it might be my weirdest one ever, Jack. If I'm just okay. going to, like, we, this, we don't lie to the High hopes listeners, and we are completely and totally now, open. Do you wanna,
2: now, the big question is, do you want to reveal it, or do you want to reveal it after they win? Okay, so,
1: understand. okay. All right, so then here's my, that's actually a really good point. Maybe I'll hold on to it. My question, though, is, is I kind of need advice on it. So I don't know okay, if okay, I... no,
2: just get just get okay, it out there. Okay, because but... I don't
1: think it's nothing. I I told people at the game too. I talked to one person okay. about so so it's it's out there. And Elliot knows about it. And I think I told you about it off the air. But um, so uh, I'm like uh, I'm big on like not having open texts. Like I always get to my text stuff. But I've always oh, you did tell me. That. I told you this, this right? Weird. Did yeah. I say this on the air? I don't think I did.
2: No, it was when we were leaving. Yeah, stadium. it's really weird.
1: Uh, so you know, so that's why it's not. It could be out there. Um. So I I normally have somewhere between like 10 and 20 unopened emails at a time just because I have ones that I'll save to go back to and this and that, whatever. Um, but for game one, I randomly had 13 unopened emails and 13 my favorite number. It's my Emily's anniversary is the 13th. We were married on August 13th. Like, we love the 13th. So I was like, oh, that's well, cool.
2: Well, and plus 13 more wins.
1: Damn straight, which I didn't even think about in the moment. Oh, my goodness. Wild. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, all right. But then for game two, so that was... Uh, the the marlins game 13 game two i'm randomly at the game and i'm not thinking about the email things it wasn't a thing yet right like i look down at my phone as the game starts and i have 26 emails i'm like oh that's weird that's 13 times two it's like all right i'm just gonna leave it with that and i would uh, as i go i'll delete emails and they come in to make sure i'm at that number and they won so the next home game i was like all right let's try it 39 three times 13 boom win uh, next home game. All right. Let's just keep this super weird thing going. 52 Super Bowl 52. Not a bad one. Boom. Mm-hmm. We win. All right. So like, obviously I have to do something here. My question is, and I feel like I have to do, I feel like I already know the answer. It just sucks. Cause I hate mm-hmm. having an open emails. Mm-hmm. But, like, since it's over two series, I just have to keep going up by 13, right? I can't start mm-hmm. over at 13. Like, I have to go up to 65. No, no, no,
2: no. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's non-negotiable. Sorry. Because I, 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 I hate having emails. I hate I having text it's messages. Me.
1: It's so frustrating. But I'll do it. It's done. I thought yeah, so. I just, no, like because I, I know, I know. I hate it so much. I already knew what your answer was going to be, but I yeah. was like, I, I want to ask any. Okay. I'll no. do it. I'm in. I'm ready. Yeah,
2: it's interesting. I don't have uh, my only one this year is I have my lucky shirt, which is my uh, which is my Tyler Childers, Zach Bryan shirt um, that I wear under my Dutch jersey. And the winning percentage in that has just been out of control, just absolutely out of control. So, um, yeah, that's all I got this year. You know, the Dutch jersey stays on. It's it's been it's been hot, but it's the the real luck is the is the Childers the Childers Brian underneath it or
1: probably my email thing no big deal. A
2: Lot of things, whatever it takes to (laughs) to end this whole thing is what we'll do. All
1: right, um, all right. Here's my last thing, Uh, and it's a combo. It's a uh, a congratulations and a thank you wrapped into one. Um, So I'm going to start with uh, saying a a big time congratulations to Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Bryson Stott. Welcome, I you mean know, a couple of you I know that a wheeler's already there and stuff, but but becoming fathers, Stadi for the first time. They're gonna have kids, Nola. Uh, all three had announced that they're gonna be fathers, that their their wives are pregnant, girls are pregnant. Um, congratulations. You know, yeah, you if you've listened to this pod, you know that Jack and I, between Walker and Zoe, uh, being a father is our favorite thing in life. It is makes us the most happy. It is such a lovely, wonderful thing to have happen. Um, So I'm really happy for those guys, so congratulations, but what I really wanted to use that as a way to do on the way out um, is to say thank you, Jill and Emily, from the bottom of our hearts. uh, This, you know, we are so lucky that we get to go to these games to cover this, to do these pods. I'm driving in, I drove in here at 10.30 on a Sunday morning to the studio so we could record and it could sound good, and then I... I'm going home to to help out with stuff. And then I got to do another pod tonight because the Eagles are playing on stuff. And then I'm going to be the same Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to be in the studio Thursday and Friday. Like, Jack, same freaking thing. Same thing. Like, he's doing every night, every day, the, doing his show, doing these pods, all that stuff. Like, we would be lost without you, Jill and Emily, taking care of our children for like a month with no help whatsoever and just handling everything that has to do with our lives for a month. Like, Thank you. Emily, you'll never hear this. Jill, you'll never hear this. You guys don't listen to the pod. But, like, just know <laughs> that I want everyone to know how incredibly grateful we are to both of you for, for being able to, allowing us to make this happen.
2: Well, Jill's in Montana with Walker anyway, so she's, yeah, she's all right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. traveling with a, a baby is, yeah, by yourself, by yourself. Is, is super easy and chill. No big deal.
2: Uh, no, no, she's uh, yeah. it's been uh, it's been great. Obviously, could not do it without her. her, her. And, uh, yeah, she is. She is the greatest. And uh, obviously, I mean, Emily is great as well. And I am I, I, glad that you brought that up because I had my last point that I wanted to bring up on this podcast
0: mm-hmm.
2: was obviously uh, I have my morning walks with walk, mm-hmm. which Swept a nation last week until he was ripped from me and taken to Montana. Um, by the way, fraud fan. I mean, he. I don't think they've watched out there. Yeah,
1: it's, it, it's, it's it's a tough it's a tough moment. It's is a tough Walker moment. on fraud yeah. watch? It's a little bit. I mean, his name is Walker, which has not been a great name for the Phillies this year. So you know, exactly, yeah.
2: He's on fraud watch. It's, it's okay. It's, it's
1: okay. okay. It's okay.
2: Yeah. 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 They, they bounced back from a slow start of, you know, Walker was on the hot seat, but you know, they are in the NLCS. Hey, again.
1: look, we've been there with Zoe. She's had her moments. Now she's yeah. singing AOA. Okay. We're, we're set. We're good now. So, so it's Walker's turn.
2: Exactly. Now the, the big question for me, because you know me is, do I have, like, I, I don't think, should I call him by his name this week or not because of Christian Walker? Like, oh
1: wow! Especially because uh, for those who don't know, Christian Walker, local kid. Local uh, kid. Yeah.
2: Who? Zach Gallon, also a local kid. Yeah. But true. yeah, like Christian Walker could also end my baseball season. Like, I think you got to call. I
1: think you got to call him Fritz, man. I might call him. You know, Dub. You call him Dub. Ooh. What up, Dub? Yo, let's get that dub. I mean, our yeah. kid. Yeah, I'm in.
2: I love this. Even walk is too close to walk's walk, too close because to
1: yeah, right. there could be players in the that, like that could be a that could be what Gabriel Moreno calls calls Christian Walker. What up, walkie? What up, walk? You know? So. Yeah.
2: No, it's been it, so for the next week he's gonna be confused as to what his name is. This uh, is important.
1: I really yeah. yeah this is, Thank I, you. I I I I'm really happy you thought of this. Like yeah, I'm just I'm very appreciative. This this is such a sign of how locked in you are. That they, they, yeah. they, your head's here. So, so oh,
2: and uh, last thing, if anyone's out in Arizona, I'll be out there as
1: well. Oh, what a flex!
2: <laughs> no big deal. No, <laughs> no that's kidding. awesome. Man. No, it's gonna be, be so deal. cool.
1: We will still be doing post game shows. Uh, I'll drive as in long the- as I can figure it out. Yes. Yeah, he's got to figure it out. Look, I will be doing post game shows. I will be in the studio doing them one way or the other. Uh, we'll figure it out. Fritz will be with us. In worst case, call it and we'll figure whatever. We'll make it work. Where Fritz will be with me. Um, and we will have the post. I coming. think
2: we're doing pregame
1: Saturday. We are doing pregame Saturday. We're doing pregame, uh, Monday. We're doing pregame Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, you will be doing pregame Thursday cause it's the early game. So will be with Marks and Reese. Um, so and yeah, are we
2: doing pregame Friday or is it just me? I,
1: uh, I'm, I am scheduled for it. It's us nice. buddy. Yeah. So, so yeah, you getting a lot of, a lot of us, you know, yeah, we're
2: going to be all over the,
1: shout point. out yeah. to our Rod Lakin, our guy giving us a chance to get to do this. We appreciate it. So, um, yeah, man. All right. So, uh, everyone, if you're going to be at the ballpark either of the next two nights, please, please come. Like we said before, come say hi. Say hi, Hopes. You'll make our night. It'll be our favorite thing. Um, it really does mean a lot. And we just want to meet you. If you love the pub, we want to meet you, like, flat out. Uh, we'll be at the booth. We'll be doing the pregame show and then hanging out uh, in, in our section 126 outside for the game. So, um, come say hi. We would love to meet as many uh, high Hopes fans as we can. Fritzy, let's do it again, buddy hmm Yeah, I
2: was actually just going to bring that up as my final thought. I could have used another day. Like, the fact that t- tomorrow we have to ramp it, like, right back up and then we're back into playoff baseball mode after the celebration that has been the last couple of days, like, I, I it's almost like I want to revel in that a little bit more before it's like, oh, bleep, I'm going to be back to, like, my heart racing tomorrow night i couldn't used another i could have used a breather i could have used one more one more buffer day i'm like the braids i need i need some days here to, to, to recoup um it's 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 so funny how quick it, how quick it goes from euphoria to to right back in it
1: let's go no uh, dude trust me you know i feel that way especially with how tired! I with the reason we recorded at ten thirty. I was like, I need to sleep in. I told you on the way in. I'm like, I wish I slept more. Like I didn't get enough sleep the last two days trying to catch up. And and not just that, like Fritzy. The schedule this week is uh, it's a lot more intense than last week. It's, it's Monday, Tuesday, off day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If they don't sweep, which you know they might sweep. Um, but uh, buckle up <laughs> is what I'll say.
2: Should we make, do we, do we make predictions? Should we make predictions? Sure.
1: We never do, but I feel like, look, I'll I'll be honest. I I think they're going to handle the D-backs. Like I would, I'll predict five. I, I would be more surprised if it goes six than if they sweep. Like, I really think they're winning this series.
2: And I'm going to be my pessimistic self and say, well, actually, it's more my optimistic self, but also pessimistic at the same time. Uh Phil's in six so that we can celebrate. Uh,
1: ah, I see again. what you're saying. It's optimistic with the pessimistic. That's, look, I, six would be amazing, especially because, uh, you know, celebrating in the building. And then, look, it's also just, you know, them meant Xfinity Live with all the, fa- like, it's just like celebrate here, win here is definitely a, been a cool thing. Been a cool thing, and oh, lastly, we're we're uh, uh, we want the Astros, right? As scary as that is, like we want the revenge, we want the extra motivation. Well, I think this we home field those, matters so much, and more, home though, matters yeah, more. Too. Exactly, exactly. All right, let's go, buddy. Handle the D backs. Uh, check us out tomorrow. Pregame show, post game. Uh, the post game will be in the in the pod feed, obviously. But check us out live on the Odyssey app. Live if you're heading to the game, all that stuff. Come say hi. Let's freaking go, man. Handle the D-backs and let's go freaking finish this thing off. Until tomorrow. He's Fritz, I'm Seltzer.